Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite AfterBuzz TV after show begins, I'm so excited to tell you that my new cookbook is out. It's called The Every Girl's Guide to Cooking. It's the quickest, fastest, easiest, most amazing recipes for kitchen newbies and chefs alike. Please check out mariamenounos.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! No, I think she is. Is she? I thought yeah. There was another... Uh... Oh, maybe the same channel, different show? You're thinking of... Uh, Access. That's what I'm thinking yes. of. Never mind. I okay. said corrected. Let's go. Let's go. Well, we are here to... to, to, to I can't even talk. We are here to discuss <laughs> a fun-filled, fantastic, fun-filled fight. Night oh, full of God. fights. You're just all kinds of happy jittery, aren't you? Fantastic. Fun-filled, fantastic. Fantastic. filled break, Jesse. Phenomenal <laughs> fights. Yep. Does the count of its alliteration if it's with the PH? Or does, does it matter just because... How it sounds phonetically. It counts. You know what? It counts on iTunes. Doesn't count on uh, on. Oh really? YouTube. Yeah. So if you look up alliteration, I'll look up. I'll find it on iTunes, but not YouTube. Oh, are you asking? <laughs> I thought you were asking if you get points for the alliteration for uh, if you use PH. Yeah. Well, you do on iTunes. Oh really? But not on not on YouTube. Okay. Well, good to know. People are seeing your lips move, and they know it was a PH. Okay, I see what you mean. All right, well, uh, we are here to discuss UFC Fight Night 85, which was took, took in place, taken place at uh, Brisbane, Australia, at the Brisbane Entertainment Center. I am George Hermosa here with J10 as always. Hello. Why don't you uh, say uh, where people can find you on the Twitter machine? You can find me right now in the chat room of YouTube, uh, UFC Hunt well, versus if Mirror they're listening to us on YouTube, they're not going to find us, or listening to us on iTunes. Well, maybe not gonna, I'm still hanging out there. You don't know? Find, you can find me in the comments section, of course. No, J10716, as always, of course, and uh, just uh, hitting up my man Joe Boza, our third, uh, our chief cornerman here, is, is in the chat room, and uh, yeah, joining up. And, and, and George Hermosa. You well. know, I was going to say, I agree <laughs> with Joe Boza. By the way, you can find me at G Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Snapchat, etc., etc. Uh, but I agree with Joe Boza. And the fact that I thought it was a fantastic night full of fights yeah. yesterday. You dug it? Yeah. I would give it a thumbs in the middle. It's strange because there was plenty of, there was good action. Mm-hmm. You know, on paper, it's probably a thumbs up, but mm-hmm. maybe it was just my mood. Yesterday, sitting through all five hours of mm-hmm. fights, not so much. I fun. mean, just compared to the previous event, obviously, UFC 196, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a lot of people were talking about the last two fights yeah. and nothing but. I mean, obviously, I, I think there are a lot of people that can't even remember the third fight to the bottom. Yeah. You know, not that many people can do that. But I think yesterday's fight, I think from top to bottom, it truly delivered, including some of the prelims as well. Delivered, but I don't know that people are going to remember it. Oh, I yeah. mean, this was not one of the one. This is not going to be a, a standout high-ranking one event of the year, mm-hmm. you know, and that's... Uh, just Maybe I'm being a bit too critical. I, I right think off it's the, just bat. the way to the the way it is of the business in general. You don't really remember the fight nights, um, you know, more so than the pay per view. You right. remember the big pay per view. You know, that's why they're on pay per view because they're a bigger draw in general. And, and this wasn't necessarily a fight night that had a lot of direct and immediate re- relevance mm-hmm. to the top five exactly. you know, rankings in each. But you know, I'm looking at the uh, looking at the the rundown and the results here. Can't say it didn't deliver. Um, of let's see. Six, four, twelve fights. We had uh, four. Oh, we had five decisions. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark Hunt over Frank Mir KO in the first, just uh, three minutes and one second. Neil Magny over Hector Lombard in a fantastic. I think I fight. think that was the only fight that kind of had repercussions in that division. Neil Magny, yeah. uh, obviously his, his stock soaring a little bit high. We'll talk about that, right. that in a little bit. But well, a TKO, a, a great come from behind. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, High water mark for Neil Magny. Neil Magny once again over Hector Lombard. TKO in a third. Uh, Jake Matthews, the Celtic kid, who I think, you know, a, a kid with tons of potential and still on the rise, uh, over Hollywood Johnny Case with a submission in the third. That uh, got fight of the night uh, accolades. Uh, the performance bonuses went to Magny 
and also Mark Hunt, both absolutely deserving guys. And, you know, there, there were some other guys that were also deserving, I'd say, uh, on the bottom. Just, yeah, there were a lot of good guys. Yeah, that, still going. Don't be surprised if maybe, like you said, like he's done before, mm-hmm. kick a little bit something. Maybe not officially Backstage a bonus award, stuff, but yeah. just, you know, just for a lot of people definitely did come and show up. Yeah. Dan Kelly, uh, TKO over Antonio Carlos Jr. in the third. Steve Bossy finally, uh, you know, finally making a mark for himself in the UFC uh, over James Tahuna. KO in the first under a minute. Beck Rawlings over Sohi Ham by decision. Our guy Alan Joban, another uh, first round finish uh, over Brendan O'Reilly by TKO. Wicked elbows and punches, just uh, trademark Joban there. Dan Hooker over Mark Adiva by submission in the first. Leslie Smith, decision over Rin Nakai. Uh, Viscardi Andrade over Fil- Filthy Richard Walsh by decision. Ross Pearson over Chad LaPreeze. Alan Patrick, Damian Brown, well, uh, yes. both by decision. I don't have to do that now. Later yeah. on. Well, we run it through and, uh, and we just All right, next topic. talk about oh, it. Yeah, yeah right. Talk about it. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, let's talk about the top of the card. Mark Hunt versus Frank Mir, you know, number nine versus number 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, not a fight that would probably rock the heavyweight division. Right. You know, obviously both guys, I don't want to say past their prime, but let's be real. I mean, they're definitely not going to be the face of UFC in five years. Yeah, if we're talking about, three years. if anyone starts talking about a master's division at any time soon, mm-hmm. there are some candidates right mm-hmm. there. Um, but uh, Mark, Mark delivered, he is Oceana's guy. You know, Oceana being Australia and New Zealand and whatever other parts. I'm not quite sure. Somebody, uh, Joe Boza, fact-checked me there or anybody else around. But um, certainly those two, uh, those two countries. Um, but uh, the, with the walk-around or the walk-away punch, walk-off you know, punch, yeah. walk-off punch um, landing early, yeah, early, three First minutes. Round. But, yeah. yeah um, Frank Mir kind of, wh- what did you think of it? I mean, it was, it was kind of that one... Clash to me was the only thing really going on. There. I've been a big fan of Frank Mir for the longest time, and I always bring him up every, every time he fights. Is to me the, the highlight reel of him versus Noguera the second time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the most beautiful jujitsu I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can watch it on Five Pass at any time. It was the same night as uh, John Jones versus Leota Machida. I think it was like December 19th around there of 2000, uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look it up. Mir versus Noguera. Like, oh my God. Like, I. I beautiful one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my life um but the thing about frank Mir is he shows up in different shapes oh <laughs> and the shape that he showed up that <laughs> and, night huh? and when i mean shape i don't mean in shape or out of shape i just mean shapes yes like literally forms the, yeah. objects um i remember when he fought shane carwin mm-hmm. he just he just stocked up and just bulked up right right but you know obviously and then he, there are times where he looked a little bit thinner but yesterday just I don't know what that guy, I mean, he wasn't, and it looked like he really did show up to fight Mark Hunt, <laughs> if anything. He showed up in Mark Hunt shape. It, yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of paunch going over the top of the fighter's kit mm-hmm. there. Um, you're right, it, it is, Frank is one of those guys that, that always has been a matter of which Frank Mir shows up, which, mm-hmm. which fighter shows up, and uh, he came in heavier than in the past. I'm trying to remember, I mean, he got as far down when he was lifting, and it may have been for the Shane Carwin fighter, so... Um, he was leaning down into the 240s, and he, yeah, he was up, up there against Shane, against Shane Carwin. I believe he was he was either 260 or 264. Mm-hmm. I think those were the two weights for that match. That the guys uh, chimed in on there, but um, yeah, it was. Um, it looked like he was he he was looking to. I, I saw him change levels, and he was changing levels a little bit early. And Mark just came in, and I, I thought at first it was an uppercut. Mark seemed to be having some some success with the mm-hmm. uppercut there, um, but. Landed the the overhand right right behind the ear. You know mm-hmm. the the old headphones rule. It's legal. Do you know mm-hmm. about the the headphones versus the mohawk rule? No. Okay. Behind the ear. Should segue. Quick segue, guys. Here's your education 101 with uh, um, defining what's the back of the head. Because there see, were see, real a lot quick, of back before of the head. Because I was always curious about that too. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until you know I was backstage at the last year of MMA, and you know some of the refs before the fights kind of mm-hmm. went over everything. And I guess they technically said as long as you touch the ear. That's one criteria, kind of. the. Def- it's surprising. You would think, guys, that shots to the back of the head, which we know are illegal and dangerous. Just to the back in general, too, even like the spine. Right. You would think would be defined as we're wearing headphones here. The the crescent, you know, the headphones, anything behind the ear technically would be considered back of the head, right? Technically, not so, actually. There is another rule that they call the mohawk rule, which is if you cut yourself a mohawk all the way down the middle of your head to the back... That's the part, the part that still has hair, the part 
you know, leading directly down to the spine, that's actually considered the back of the head because it is, I'm not sure if this is exactly the reason, but um, it's very difficult. There's a gray area, pardon the pun, neuro joke, um, in terms of landing a punch to the back of the head, um, but still within its, you know, with the, with the head moving, it's it's very difficult to to call a shot back of the head and I call a shot illegal. I mean, it's to the one back of the where head. if you're aiming for you know the part right. of the part of the head that's legal, and the guy just happened to turn his head and you hit the back of the head, that's, that's not saying. illegal. Right. Yeah, and there and that area, which is the gray area, mm-hmm. kind of is right between the ear to the left side or right side of the mohawk, if you will. So that's kind of the the difference between the two. But point to this whole thing being that Mark Hunt landed perfectly mm-hmm. right behind the back of the ear there, and uh, you know that that rattled uh, Frank clearly. Uh, he dropped, and Mark just said, yeah, it's all right. Done, enough damage done. Yeah. Um, did you think, I'm surprised that some people haven't talked about it being um, a bit of an early stoppage more, because I felt that I didn't see Frank's body go limp. Mm-hmm. His head stayed up when he was on the ground. Um, there may have been a, a daze in his eyes, mm-hmm. and, and that may have been very well the, the reason why the ref called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Mark Goddard, who you know is known for... Uh, Pretty strong general. In I mean, there, as we clearly case. see, and I mean, obviously, this is you know, obviously, is nobody has a better angle than the fight than the actual ref himself. The only the only person allowed to be in the cage in general. So mm-hmm. I'm sure whatever he saw, you know, uh, you know, warranted it. But I'm always uh, I, was, I thought the same thing until I saw that Frank Mir wasn't protesting it. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's usually that where it's like, well, yeah. what does the other guy think? Did the other guy think it was early savage? I mean, he obviously knew that he maybe he was done or. You know, obviously, maybe maybe he had trouble getting up for like a split second, and you know, obviously, Mark yeah. Hunt. You know, we all love Mark Hunt for the walk off KO. Um, it looked like he was still in open guard. Frank Nier mm-hmm. was, and still conscious. Yeah, um, certainly rattled, but I was uh, I was surprised that there wasn't um, there there wasn't more of a, a protest mm-hmm. or, or post fight conversation about that. Uh, there certainly were some conversations about you know the scoring and. Uh, yeah, the scoring and, and judging mm-hmm. this show on a couple of matches. Real quick, though, uh, Amar Singh has joined us in the chat room. He says, Jake Matthews looks like the real deal. I tend to agree with you. I, he's been my pick for a guy to watch, I think, yeah. last year and this year. Um, he had a tough match. I suppose. He didn't look like uh, a world beater, but perhaps that was just really, to be fair, he had a really tough match. In, in Hollywood case, I, mean, I know I may be overthinking. Things I know we bit. we talked about a bit a bit uh, last time he fought, and mm-hmm. again we said the same thing. The guy, the kid's only twenty one years old. There's that too. Yeah. So I mean, this guy is gonna <laughs> get better. He's no Sage Northcutt. Yeah. Oh gee, what a comparison! Shut up, Jay. Um, but what, what, I mean, from a fan uh, perspective, like that whole walk off Mark Hunt, you know, KO. Do you think that's respectful? Or disrespectful? Like. It is what it is, or yeah, it is what it is. You know, it, every knockout is is different. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching some of his uh, earlier work uh, earlier today. You know, past matches, and not all of them are just one punch, yeah. drop timber. You know, guy goes stiff. Uh, Nate Quarry uh, from Anderson Silva kind of mm-hmm. knockouts. A lot of them are just like they guys just crumble on that punch, and rightly so. Um, it's it certainly is respectful that you you walk away. Uh, fr- from the defensive opponent's standpoint, you're not taking any more punches. I mean, Mark Hunt has that right that until the referee is fast enough to get his hands on, on Mark and mm-hmm. stop the uh, stop the offending fighter, that the offending fighter, the winning fighter, should be continuing the fight until the referee stops it. See, for me, it's the equivalent. Maybe this is a bad comparison to me. It's the and, – and I love it. I, I love both one. The comparison I'm about to make is it's the – Guy at the bat, guy at the batter's box swings and just draw and drops in the, baseball. Swings yeah. the bat, and yeah. I love that. And I what, love what happens. Again? I know a lot of people criticize guys, you know, like Jose Bautista, who plays for the Blue Jays. When yeah. you know they they swing, they hit it. You know it's a home run, and they flip the bat. That's it, one of the biggest like. Is it? It's a sign of disrespect. Yeah. Is it? It's one of those things where it's, it's like, just like Jay Z brushing it off, kind yeah, of thing, like, or yeah. dropping the mic, you know. Like, well, okay. Yeah. But it's like it's kind of in baseball that is kind of disrespectful. And to me, I'm looking at it as well. Don't pitch him a home run, then. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and to me, if you got it, flaunt you know, it. Right? And the Mark and the Mark Hunt walk off. It's like, oh, if he's gonna, if you're gonna get knocked out, then yeah. you know, the guy knocking you on has every right to. He's not. He's not stomping on your throat. He's not. You right. know, rubbing it. If anything, yeah, he is backing off because he doesn't want to give you more punishment. Yeah. So I, I know I, every single time. Fight, 
you know, a post-fight antic of taunting a guy. Yeah, he that taunt I him. think is is worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that I, I guess that would probably be the analogy in terms of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, it, flipping the thing is kind of showing off right in front of the pitcher. But mm-hmm. in this case, the pitcher. <laughs> the pitcher in MMA is is on the ground and dazed and yeah. not looking at you anyway. You know, you're not doing it to his face necessarily. Um, but it is. What's amazing is that Mark Hunt has so many of those that he has that one punch power and he's able to go back to it and land it so frequently that it's a trend with him. It's his thing. You know, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other other guys that have trademark moves. I don't know Pettis with the fancy kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, Phil Davis sometimes with his uh, bizarre submissions and things, yeah. and Mark uh, and Mark Hunt. Uh, Joe Boza in the chat room says if Frank's contract does expire, I could see Scott Coker trying to sign him up like he signed Matt Mitrione this past Monday, the heavyweight division. I love Frank also, Mir, but I think he's done. Like I mean, if he wants to fight, fight. Obviously, I, I think with both these guys, mm-hmm. they've both and and one guy's case, he's been at the top of the mountain, and the other guy's case, he's gotten that chance. And I just don't like I said, I don't see either of these guys. Like contesting against, you know, right. uh, we've seen we've seen Agreed. Mark Hunt face Verdun and Miocic, and he lost both of them. We've seen Mir, you yeah. know, even five years ago facing guys like Dos Santos, and mm-hmm. of course the second time around against Brock Lesnar. And I mean, I like these fights for what they are, um, but for, yeah, I, I don't see them. Looking at the top ten, I mean, you would have to. We'd have to end up in a situation where the heavyweight title, like everybody, is just kind of bottlenecked and booked for Hunt to be put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's uh, he didn't take any damage. You know, he's going to be fine. Um, let's see. We got Arlovsky, Brown, uh, Brown, and uh, Kane are booked up. Stipe is coming up next in what May, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, Overeem booked up. Overeem and Arlovsky, uh, Rothwell and JDS. So Travis Brown was um, Brown and, and oh, Kane. Falasco, yeah, yeah. Just got announced. Yeah, yeah. for two hundred. Um, I think. Let's see. So May is the title fight. So you're probably looking at, at September for the next heavyweight title fight, well, you know, contingent on injuries and uh-huh. things like that. Um, and so all of those guys would have to be out before you get to Mark, you uh-huh. know. So I don't know. Who do you book him against? Uh, maybe this? Josh Barnett. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, for Mark Hunt? Yeah. Yeah, maybe Josh Barnett. That's a fight I don't think we've seen. No, it's a good point. I think I'm wrong. Well, we haven't seen it in UFC. We haven't seen it in UFC. I know it happened in Pride. Yeah. But we haven't seen it in, you know, around 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Joe Bo's. Oh, um, I think Mark Carter, uh, the ref who was trying to use this fight as an example to to Steve Percival, the ref of Neil versus Hector. Um, Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know that I agree with that. God forbid that referees are using a match. During the match, as mm-hmm. a as a litmus test or a lesson for uh, uh, for well, well, let's for talk, other referees, well, let's talk about that fight: Neil Magny versus Hector Lombard. Well, right quickly though, I want to talk about Frank's contract. Uh-huh. I think he's a committed, lifelong Zufa guy. I don't see uh, Scott Coker may make a play for him, but I don't think that that I don't think even that Scott would be would realistically expect that. Um, so I don't know that he would actually make the play, figuring it's kind of a you know a waste of energy. He he rarely does it, but to be honest with you, I love. Frank Mir's perspective on fights. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, like Which I said, is... he doesn't do it that much. No, I'm saying, no, 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 not overall perspective, but when he's on the panel. Right. When he's covering, you know, the Fox Sports panel or, you know, with mm. Jay Glazer or Karen Bryant. Like, to me, like, his, the way he presents it, it mm-hmm. is just so much, I, I, I love that aspect of him. So I think he, even if not fighting, I think he does have a future in that aspect of it, you know, becoming, you know, maybe up there with Brian Stan. Right. I didn't realize that Frank is. I don't remember him He's doing any. He's done Fox it maybe stuff. like twice. He was great in WBC broadcasts when yeah. they were on Versus way uh-huh. way back in the day. Yeah, he was really strong there. Um, so I think he has a lot to offer from that perspective. If, if he, I don't think he's going to retire. Um, obviously, he's still relatively young. I want to see what 35? retire or not. I think when he does retire, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's staying yeah. within the Zufa organization. You know, I agree. Um, he's been there far too long, and he's too. I think he's he's one of their guys, uh-huh. in my opinion, you know, because he comes into a fight with the right perspective. Uh-huh. Uh, Amir Amar Singh says asks a bit off topic, but did you guys see the Jones and Cormier sit down with Rogan being well, advertised during this event? Can't wait for that fight. These two guys really yeah, we don't did. like each we'll other. We'll cover that a little bit uh, toward uh, later when we kind of go over yeah. a little bit more thoroughly. I the, did the see fights. To, to answer your question, I thought the footage was great. I want to see more of it. I hope that they recorded enough of it to do at least 
a half hour special and I would think they would have. Um, we'll see. But that's the only footage I've seen uh, that's out there so far. And I'm sure we're going to play see that ad nauseum until uh, for the next, what, three weeks or so? No, mm-hmm. three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about? What's next? Neil Magny versus Hector Lombard. Magny versus Lombard. Oh, gosh. Uh, that was my Fight of the Night nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would have given Magni a performance bonus, bonus nomination. So Magni defeats Lombard by... I have by TKO, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, TKO, uh, hammer fist in the full mount, a minute into the third. Lombard, uh, Lombard takes the first round. Magni is given the second round. Me and many, many MMA fans, much of the MMA universe, at least the ones online, seem to score it. 10-8 for Magni in the first, 10-8 for... I'm sorry. 10-8 for Hunter Lombard. Lombard in the first, excuse me. And Magni, 10-8 in the second. The Australian judges didn't see it that way, George. <laughs> what do you make of that? I mean, obviously, it, it, I mean, it's only fair that we talk about it, because I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, what, what's the point of talking about it? It's not like it went to decision anyways, but... Right. You know? So no, like, I think like it's we worth talking with, about. With, with Home and Tate as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Did th- you th- score 10-9 were- or 10-8? Uh, the the first one I did have ten nine. The second one I had ten eight. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it just didn't cross my mind. I was like, all right, ten nine. And On kinda... second viewing, I could possibly argue. I, I would lean toward Magni's round. The second one would be closer to a ten nine mm-hmm. than Lombard's, only because Lombard had uh, a bit more offense, or Magni wasn't fully dominating mm-hmm. uh, comparatively as much as Lombard was in the first. But to me, absolutely, both were ten eights. Dominance. And, uh, and and damage, the two criteria. Big mm-hmm. John on his podcast talks about this. That's the two biggest criteria to get a 10-8. And uh, the idea, uh, again, I spoke about this in the past. I know this is how Big John uh, wants to see things. And it actually may be, come think of it, um, in the rules for the ABC, the unified rules, that a 10, what we think of as a 10-9, a standard, yeah, you definitely won that match or that round, uh, should be a 10-8, whereas a lot of times it's scored as a 10-9. Um, these absolutely were 10-8s by, by anybody's standard mm-hmm. because there was dominance. Certainly so in Lombard's case uh, in the first. You take those five minutes, at least four minutes, 30 seconds of that, Lombard dominated. He was in top mm-hmm. position. Uh, Magni was rocked and, and totally defensive. And, you know, visibly, at least by TV standards, looked like he was close to being out, okay? Um, in Magni's round, again, he also, um, there was a time that he also... Got, uh, got top position, mm-hmm. uh, threatened with a, a triangle, rear naked choke, um, and then through. I actually counted in my notes, I have a million punches, but I counted and technically <laughs> it was only 103. But 103 unanswered, barely defended punches. Guys, that should be a 10 8. Now, again, Magni didn't control the entire round to the same extent that Lombard did in the first, but when you have that damage, and Lombard was not defending those, a lot of those punches very well. And you have that dominance for that amount of time. That's worth a 10-8, regardless of what else happens in that round, okay? Um, the, the differential in control and, and offense between Magni and Lombard in that second, even that was enough for me to give Magni a 10-8. And that's how I came to that. See, I think, I think uh, with all due respect, I think not that many people were talking about the actual scores. I think more so we're talking about that fight should have ended at the end of the second round. There's that concept, there, that, that conversation like, what, as well. What I saw a lot, of guys, a lot of guys on Twitter, some guys were posting the, the scorecard itself to say, you know, these are 10-9, what are these judges thinking? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah that's another one. The referee, uh, Steve Percival, and Joe Boza was mentioning that earlier. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I wish I'd gone back and counted how many, how many shots Lombard threw hmm. in the first, but it was probably more than 103. Hmm. And Magni as well. Did you feel at any point that the referee should have uh, jumped in? Did you see any point when the, when I think so? I mean, I mean, out? just because he didn't get knocked out, you know, or mm-hmm. get loopy. I mean, he was just laying there, mm-hmm. and it was just tagging him, tagging him, tagging him. It's like, and I'm thinking, are you like, talking about Magni? Magni at the end of the second round. Okay, that, but that, not Lombard at the in any time in the first. I know. I don't. I don't think Magni was in that much danger. Like really? he he was hurt. He was rocked. Right. But I don't think it was like end mm-hmm. of the fight rocked. You know. Right. But more so the end of this, because he was literally on the ground, like, just laying there. And, I mean, just kind of giving the ref a thumbs up doesn't doesn't mean that 
you know, you, you're good to keep going. Yeah. You're good because you're still going to get a, take a lot of punishment. Um, I know, I know Neil Magny thought the same way. He just kept looking at the ref as he's, you know, wailing on mm-hmm. Lombard, like, well, you know, what Both more do I Both those guys had that look to the ref, like, yeah. dude, what do I got to do here, man? Come on. You know? Um, yeah, I, for both guys, I mean, in, in the same breath that there was a 10 8, um, I think you could have, I don't think Steve Percival would have been criticized mm-hmm. for stopping the match in the first or in the second. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, that said, man, that's a hell of a story that Magni was able to come back from such a beating mm-hmm. and finish it, you know, early in the third. So yeah. I'm in the same breath that of all of this controversy, I'm not quite sure that I'm against. Steve Percival letting it go. See, you know? and I know a lot of fighters might have thought the same way, but even like listening to Dan Hardy on the post-fight show, mm-hmm. he was saying he'd rather it go. He 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 was completely fine with it. He doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. any doubt to somebody, yeah. you know, still being maybe healthy enough to to keep going. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, even when that fight did end, it was pretty quick as far as like the ref seeing all right, Lombard's got no chance at this point. Like mm-hmm. he was able to, similar to how Cerrone beat. Uh, Oliveira mm-hmm. kind of crawled on to, and then kind of got in like a triangle and started wailing him. And, yeah. you know, he knew it was done. So it was like, hey, let me give him a shot like he would with maybe everyone else, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Because then, you know, a lot of fighters, you know, it, it happens maybe once every two, three cards that they think it's premature stoppage. Yeah. You know? and At no point did I see either guy's body go limp. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I mean, it was close to a finish. Mm-hmm. But at no point did I think, okay, this is ridiculous, you know? Um, so I'm I'm not mad at the finish. You know, both guys uh, barely. Like I'm not mad at over it. Like it, it was like I've seen a lot worse. I've yeah. seen a lot worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was fine with. It. I mean, it should have been stopped. I I think it should have. But again, I'm not. Mm. Again, seen worse. Yeah. Joe Boza is talking here about the main event for two th- for UFC 200. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little His bit. Opinion but, uh, is clear here. It's just so we have enough time. Let's kind of run down a little bit more. Is uh, yeah. Jake Matthews against Johnny Case? Again, I thought Jake Matthews looked great. I thought Case looked great too. Mm-hmm. Both guys, I thought looked amazing. Rightfully so. You know, that's why they got the fight of the night. Close fight. Both guys were in it. Um, I gave Matthews the uh, first and second, mm-hmm. um, and obviously finished it with the win. Matthews. Uh, Matthews, look, it really was a tough fight for him, and I probably uh, don't give enough uh, credit uh, to Case uh, in, in my words here today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough fight, and Matthews was able to pull it out. Um, I saw, he was circling, uh, circling on the outside a lot. You know, both guys were kind of um, being a bit uh, economical, I thought, with, with their punches, you know, being careful mm-hmm. um, in the first and the second. Um, I thought Case had him for the first round or two. Um I gave it. Uh, I, I thought that the standing was pretty even. Yeah. Um, case uh, stuffed to take down. Both guys landed hard mm-hmm. uh, early in the uh, in the fir- or, sorry later in the first. Uh, that was that left on Case that you heard, and he just no sold it. You know, and then I think Case landed a right on uh, on on Matthews. Um, yeah, and Matthews, uh, you know, getting the back towards the end had to work for it quite a bit. Almost had it uh, in the third, and then it was everything was Case. Going for uh, going for a clinch, going for a takedown, but then Matthews got uh, got on top of him, worked mm-hmm. uh, for a while, and eventually got the uh, got the finish there. Yeah, good fight. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of Steve Bossy against James Tahuna? You know, Steve Bossy's a funny uh, story. I was looking him up. I must be getting him mixed up with another guy. There was another fighter, and I'll, I'll bring this back to Bacon in a second. Um, in the MFC in Edmonton, Maximum Fighting Championships, um, a lot of Current UFC guys have come mm-hmm. from there. Our guy Sam Alvey, uh, I believe, was a champion there. But I thought there there was I thought Steve had fought there because I think there was another former, former hockey, hockey enforcer, yeah, who had a, a winning record um, and fought there once or twice, and then was g- about to get picked up by the UFC, and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. And somehow that story is meshed with Steve Bossy's, where you know been around since two thousand seven after a career in pro hockey. Um, you know, finally, uh, finally getting signed by the UFC and then retiring. You know, I think there was some uh, aches and pains, as he said. His body was telling him that it was time to retire. Uh, it took 2014. That was in 2013. It takes 2014 off, like the day after he, uh, the day after he gets uh, signed by the UFC, decides to retire, and then sits a year out and comes back. Is st- still uh, the UFC apparently still honored his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost. 
uh, in his first match against... Thiago Santos. Thank you. Name I was just blanking on. Pick up where I left off. Um, and then comes back and, uh, and gets this fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nice kind of, uh, almost like a Cinderella Man story, I yeah. think. Um, but he looked good. He looked but, good, yeah. You know. Tehuna um, didn't look good. He hasn't looked good in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, bossy, you know, right-left-right combo and just finished him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can't tell you about uh, Tehuna offhand. You know, it's been a while, really, since he was kind of Four, Fourth straight loss. Is that the fourth? I know he lost against uh, that one fight in New Zealand against Nate Marquardt. I remember that day because it was like a... One of those double headers, like the two shows in one yeah. day, and one of the fights was in uh, New Zealand wow. against Nate the Great, and he lost against that one. I think he lost against Shogun. He sat last year out. Uh, last one was 2013 against mm-hmm. Ryan Jimmo. Wow, first round uh, losses. But then again, the guys that he's lost to, to be fair. Glover Teixeira in 2013. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was about when Glover was on his run. Uh, Shogun Hua, Nate Marquardt, and Steve, as you said. Um yeah, I mean he's getting finished in the first round too. So I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah he's he losing to top guys, but he's yeah. also losing in you know KO and submission and whatnot. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Sounds like uh, it'd be a good pickup for Bellator. What uh, what were you like of this of this show? I like fight of the night. For I you? liked the women's matches. Yeah. I thought Leslie Smith and Renekai was great. Yeah. I thought I thought Beck Rollins and Sohi Ham was great. I thought mm-hmm. they were both great. And it's funny. I saw somebody on Twitter, and I, I, I this is one of my new pet peeves. When they go, wow, the women are out there to prove themselves. <laughs> you know, they they want to show that they belong. Yeah. Like, and I say, you know what? No, I didn't. I don't reply on Twitter because I don't do that. But I was I was thinking about. it. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I don't think they go out there to fight and say, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight good because I want to be compared to the guys. Yeah. I want to be better than the guys. I think they just that's their fight. Like. They just have this instinct about them that they're just out there to fight. We're past that, aren't we? Yeah. We're par- past that point of, well, it's women fighting in know, the UFC. I know they said mm. that a lot about uh, even back in the day when it was in uh, Elite XC, you know, when Gina yeah. Carano was fighting and she all her fights were amazing. And they're like, oh, wow, the best fight is a women's fight and whatnot, you know? It's yeah. just, no, I think, I think that's just the way they fight. <laughs> like, it's not about being better than a guy or well, whatever. We've seen shitty women's fights too yeah there's been enough of them i think the ufc averages about two a show these days um we've seen enough of them where you can you have enough matches where there's good ones Mm -hmm. and then there's shitty ones you know but when there was a dearth of them and when it was kind of a special attraction Mm -hmm. yeah you had gina um you know in, in ronda's fights those were quick finishes there were great ones um trying to think who else marlos kunin you know always uh um delivered as well um, but even watching some of the Invicta fights the other day, I mean, yeah. uh, who was the girl that knocked out Justin Duke? Uh, I don't remember. I, I didn't watch the Invicta show. There wasn't because I'm a chauvinist pig. Guys. I wasn't Irene Aldana. It was the other girl, the other Hispanic Alexis. Girl. No, no, no. no, no. The other one when we saw, yeah, when they came to the L.A. The, right? the other Hispanic one, I think yeah. she was from like Argentina, but she knocked out Justin Duke. Like those girls are just, right. just they. I, I think the way they tr- they train and the way they fight, I think it's just the way of like, uh, I don't want to say they think less. It just I I, I feel like they're more foc- they, they they're more focused on what it is it that they want. They they don't waste time and they don't they don't sit there and because we've seen a lot of fights, men and women, where. They just kind of feel each other out for like a minute or two, or maybe mm-hmm. even a round or two. You mm-hmm. know, they they you know hold back a little bit. I just don't see that with the women. I don't think it's anything nothing to do with men or women. I just think that women just are more focused on what it is that they want. Hmm. I would say so. Well, I don't know that that's uh, it's a because I saw that yesterday. I saw with that the women per se. I think it may have just been those matches. Maybe because like, I, I was matches. I was very much so impressed yesterday with both Beck Rawlings and Leslie Smith. Yeah. Then again, Rinda Kai and Sohi Ham too. They took beating. Rinda Kai took a beating. She yeah. can take a hit. Yeah, and that's I think why she's there in the UFC. Yeah, she, absolutely. Uh, she can She is. She's got a great physique. So where a win over her mm-hmm. looks pretty tremendous. She's five one and she's built. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she has to be like. I mean, if, if like you're going to be, house. and not even a strawweight, she's got a one fifteen division. But no, she fights at one three five, and she's five one. Yeah, um, Beck. I, I think I'm speculating myself, but you know, might have been under some pressure to win. She was certainly focused, mm-hmm. um, because. But there was a lot of pressure, you know, fighting on that show mm-hmm. um, in. I think actually her own uh, uh, her own hometown, I believe. Is she from Brisbane? 
I believe that's how she was announced. Yeah. Okay. Um, but of course, training in uh, San Diego with mm-hmm. Alliance MMA, Eric Del Fierro and those guys. Um, but I can see how you know that brings out the best in you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leslie Smith and Rin Nakai, honestly, it, to me, it was a match. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie Smith looked good in beating somebody like Rin Nakai. Mm-hmm. Rin, I, I'd like to see a match where where she kind of shows more, you know. But I suspect that that may be where we've seen her game, mm-hmm. you know, uh, punches straight through, clinch onto you, and then, you know, get in underneath and, and take you down to the ground. But that wasn't the case. She didn't have that luck with Misha. She didn't have that luck with Leslie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fear that she may kind of become a bit of a gatekeeper, you know, in the uh, uh, in in the Pacific, Pacific region and Oceania mm-hmm. when they do shows in Asia, you know. Because um, otherwise, I don't know why you bring her... I'll yeah. bring right here to the U.S. Well, last thing before, because uh, I, w- I really want to talk about the upcoming fights, is our yeah. boy, Alan Jubon. Oh, yeah. He great. Salute, my friend. You can't see this on iTunes, but you're probably not listening to it there anyway. I mean, obviously, he came coming back from a loss in his mm-hmm. last fight um, against Alberto Tumanov uh, just a few months ago. And, I mean, you can tell this guy was just... I mean, Alberto? he looked like he got... No, is it Albert? Uh, Alan Jubon. Albert. Is it Albert Tumanov or Alan Jubon? Yes, Albert I know. I know who won. Tumanov. Albert Tumanov. Is it Albert? I think you're getting mixed up with uh, yeah, now Freudian Del Rio slip there. Something like that. <laughs> Is it Alberto Del Rio? You said Alberto Tumanov. Yeah, Alberto Tumanov. Alberto. Whatever. Uh, Jubon looked good. The um, other Al. Yeah, yeah. Alan Jubon. Uh, Jobin. Juban? Juban. 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 Both of them are wrong. Juban, um, Juban. But I, I know he got tagged a little bit, but he just kept going, kept going and going and going, you know. Yeah. Slight, slight trip there uh, at the beginning against, uh, was it, uh, Brendan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but got back up, and the, the knees and the, the elbows, that is, that's trademark Allen. You know, it was the case. He was, he was implementing and, and practicing that stuff early in the days when he was doing... Uh, Muay Thai smoker fights, actually just around the corner here mm-hmm. from uh, the studios. Um, you know, always been kind of, uh, if not his main course, then bread and butter, you mm-hmm. know, a side dish, his, his side salad. And, uh, yeah, he looked good uh, for it. Um, let's see. Uh, dropped him, um, let's see, elbow combos and elbows, uh, and dropped Brendan O'Reilly, 215 in the first. Um, I thought that, that was an early contender for performance bonus of the mm-hmm. night. So... Hopefully, Alan, Julio Trana, I want to get you guys in studio here. I have a date, in fact. Uh, I'm going to try, hopefully... Uh, you have a date with them? Nice. I have a date in mind. That Jibon's a good-looking cat. To get <laughs> see him on billboards every now and then. If I can, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, I could, if I could get a date with Alan Jubon, I'll I tell wonder you, I if he might. looks at somebody like Sage Northcutt and be like, oh, it's that guy. It looks competition. Who? I wonder if he looks at guys like Sage Northcutt and be like, oh, no, competition. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm so. I'm supposed to be the only male model in the UFC. Well, there's a couple of them. Elias Torudil, uh, the... Canadian. I know I'm butchering his name, but until you guys I, know until I'm, I'm driving about. around, and I, I think there's one like on Ventura. Yeah, oh Ventura as well. Like by Taft High School, no, so near that Target. Okay, I forgot what the brand is, but I was like, oh look at that, Alan Juban. I've gonna... seen him on an Ed Hardy billboard uh, on Ventura. I think Boulevard. it was Ed Hardy. Yeah, this was a couple of years ago, but I was like, yeah, click. And um, they've got they've got him on a on Hollywood Boulevard, a new gym that's going to open up one of these. You know, nice big fitness boutiques. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was a gym. Near, I think it was a gym. Just, uh, just east of Vine, but like Hollywood. So, yeah. Vine. so until yeah. I see other fighters, you know, randomly on non-UFC billboards, right. yeah, then talk to me. But it's for now. He's Alan the most Jubal. workingest model, <laughs> yeah. and yes, I do know I just coined a word. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, hopefully we can get Brent, uh, get Alan and uh, and his coach Julio Tron in mm-hmm. here. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, the last time we were here, uh, UFC one ninety six. Two days or one day before that, they had this big UFC Unstoppable campaign mm-hmm. going over so many fights that were just coming up. Um, there's, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven events that just have big, big repercussions for any of the divisions that they're in. Um, obviously, going down the list, the next one is Junior Dos Santos versus Ben Rothwell. That's a fight that I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben Rothwell on this, on this, this, I, I don't want, streak would be an understatement. Just, the, this, tear. this tear of destruction, like oh my god, like slash and this burn. This guy just came out of nowhere, literally. And no, not literally. No, no, he no. came out of uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay, maybe not literally. <laughs> he's, but he's been here for a while. I mean, the the gimmick, obviously, guys, as is, is fans know, he's been around for a while. Kind of a bit of a journeyman guy, if you will. Name recognizable, probably as far back uh, this earliest 
claim the fame as uh, probably the IFL, was one of the standout guys mm-hmm. there. Um, but even then, he kind of, I, I think the rub against him has always been that he looks a bit older physically mm-hmm. than he actually is. You know, balding early, um, not a huge yoked out uh, physique, mm-hmm. you know. He's, it looks like he comes from uh, from the cheesehead state. No offense, Ben. <laughs> but he's a bad MF, you know? Uh, he also looks like he belongs on an episode of Vikings, you know? Like the big, tall, dumb, like the berserker. He just he, introduced he's that one of those guys character. where you just see him and you hear him talk, you hear him in his post-fight interviews, and you're like, wow, I hope that guy does well. Yes. You know what I mean? And he's a guy that's on the up. Uh, Dos Santos, obviously, for the longest time, he was one of the top two heavyweights for a long time. It used to be Kane and Dos Santos and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dos Santos has had maybe lost three of his last five. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he hasn't been uh, as good as he was before. Mm-hmm. So, you kind of have this, you know, guy on the up, guy on the down. So, we're going to yeah. see how that goes. I mean, again, I, I nothing but the best for Rothwell. I mean, that yeah. guy, you know, what, what do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I, I like watching these kind mm-hmm. of uh, underdog, um, what do you want to call it? Um, guys that you don't expect. It's like exactly. a working, he's a working class fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, mixed bag. That he's he's fought in different uh, different promotions, but since he's come to the UFC, has uh, I think he was it was kind of middle of the ground really. In the you know he's not uh, his win streak has come during his tenure, but not at the beginning of it. Correct? I mean, any guy who can uh, submit Josh Barnett. There's that. That's what I'm <laughs> saying, guys. You know, um, and knockout over him. Yeah, uh, Amir Singh is talking about the jo- Gogo uh, Ben Gogo choke may have uh, JDS's number. He's wow. Mm-hmm. Predicting. Uh, Amar Singh, pardon me again. Um, Joe Boza says Ben's won four in a row with a win over JDS. It should put him in the running for a title shot. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and that could be fun to watch. I think I said this several episodes back whenever last time we were talking about Ben. That can be one of those matches that on paper it might not really look like it's something that, that it's money that you can really sell it, but I disagree. I think that uh, Ben Rothwell going for the title against whoever is there. Mm-hmm. That could be a lot of fun. I mean, real quick, just to go over that division, there's another fight coming up May 8th, UFC Fight Night 87. Uh, Alistair Overeem versus Andre Arlovsky. Mm-hmm. That's another fight where, again, if either one of them win, like, you know, give them a title shot. Um, so now for the first, I'm, I'm happy that for the first time in a while, we have this very much so stacked heavyweight division, you know, especially the top five or six. As I mentioned, it was Kane, JDS, and everyone else for the longest time. So yeah. now you have, you know, what happens if Overeem knocks out Arlovsky? What happens if Arlovsky knocks out Overeem? Well, Arlovsky just lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the following, you know, week after that, then it's your actual heavyweight championship fight with Verdun and Miocic at a, is that the Brazil one? That is Brazil. Is that yep. the Curitiba one? Uh, that is, yep, May 14th. Uh, Verdum and Stipe, and then Vitor Belfort and Jacare. Um, yeah, so I'm happy that this heavyweight division is finally like. Yeah, we're we're gearing up for the summertime to mm-hmm. have a lot of different options. Now, I don't think that we'll see the, the title defended until it, you know September probably, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, maybe August if they need a fast turnaround. But uh, you know, I mean, think right now they're probably just still thinking about July anyway. I mean, know? just to stick with that division too. I mean, they, you know, they announced Cain Velasquez versus Travis Brown. Mm-hmm. So we're finally getting the mix up the bottleneck. Yeah. I, I personally think that um, they. I hate to I hate to phrase it this way, but I, I personally think that the UFC was really hoping uh, that Cain would have more of a career mm-hmm. than than he necessarily did. Uh, wouldn't be as sidelined with injuries and, and that it would bottle, bottleneck things up. And I think they've probably learned from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they knew that, you know, early on to begin with, um, previous to, to Kane. But um, I think they saw Kane as a potential next Brock. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't worked out. Um, and I think it's taken some time, you know, between the Kane, steep, uh, Kane Verdum, and, uh, and Dos Santos, especially mm-hmm. Dos Santos. Um, that whole saga that... It's taken time to get past that, and now we're finally past that with Verdum as champion. Mm-hmm. Um, notwithstanding that he also pulled out, you know, prior to uh, to the Kane fight. Yeah, Joe Bose is saying here, uh, Rory and Stefan's good fight to watch. That's in um, Calgary, right? No, Ottawa. Ottawa, Canada. Me. Yeah, uh, Stefan is on six fight win streak. Plus, Rory has one fight left on his contract. Yeah, indeed. What do you make of uh, of that? That Rory deciding to mm-hmm. ride on his contract. I'm not gonna lie, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not gonna like. I've never been a big Rory McDonald fan. Like yeah. I don't care less what he does. If Wonder Boy goes to Bellator, I'll be like, oh, I'm a little pissed. But um, 
Yeah, but you're still allowed to watch I, Bellator. I, I can care less about Ryan McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even like the UFC on Fox night, that's that is a stacked Ooh, card. Oh, Lord of mercy, that. Huh? Good lord, that's. I mean, especially headlined by Khabib Nurmagomedov versus yep. Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, to me, I, I I'm kind of curious. Like you can always agree that Ferguson's going to show up, but Khabib, the guy hasn't fought in what two years. You kind of figure mm-hmm. like, and especially coming off a big, big injury where yep. you know you've been gone for that such a long time. Rust. So. We'll see how that goes. I mean, you know. And frankly, coming out of AKA, this is not to say that he can't be injured right now, but mm-hmm. still deciding to go through with the fight because of the layoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so are we going to necessarily see Habib at his, at his I mean, top? He's the last guy to beat Rafael Dos Anjos. So, right. again, uh, who knows? A win. Whoever wins that fight, I think, got to be a title shot. That's If, if that show doesn't do huge ratings... Mm-hmm. I don't know what um, guys. I mean, you've got you've got just about you know, you've got a lot of guys, people coming up. You know, you're kind of setting the stage for the mm-hmm. future. But you also got some name talent that is going to draw from people, casual fans that mm-hmm. aren't hip to the fact that these guys are, are probably not uh, or probably past their prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a change with uh, Rashad Evans. Who's the new opponent? I forgot. Uh, Glover Teixeira. Glover. Okay, yeah. Uh, Rashad and Glover. Case in point, I hate to say. Uh, Dan Henderson and Leota Machida. You know. These are names that are going to attract mainstream uh, casual fans. Even me, even like, and especially if they put this maybe on the first fight of the night, Rose Namajunas versus Tisha Torres. Right. That's going to be a fun fight to watch. Yep. Number one contenders match there. Uh, Benil Darius has uh, has a match versus Michael uh, Chiesa. Uh, we see the return of Bech Cohea, who is always fun to watch. Um, and you know, John Dodson coming back yeah. fighting uh, Manny Gamburian. I think that's his first one back at 185, uh, 35 pounds. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, and Cub Swanson coming back facing Hakran Diaz. That is not an easy match at all. And then the one after that, we have UFC 197. That's going to be a hmm. fun one to just watch in general. I mean, oh, my God. Just from bottom up, you have uh, Robert Whitaker versus Rafael Natal. Anthony Pettis versus Andrews Bebola. Edson Barboza. That's going to be a fun fight. I mean, Henry Cejudo against DJ. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, if DJ beats Cejudo, I honestly don't know what to do, what else to do with that division. I mean that's that's but of course we have DC versus Bones Jones. I mean that's mm-hmm. going to be, I mean so many storylines there. So I'm going up uh, up into the chat here. I'm trying to find where Amar Singh. He brought this up about the um, about the yeah yeah the sit down with Joe yeah. Rogan. I feel like what they, they, it was the same one that they had last time. The kind of little preview. So I'm still waiting for the mm-hmm. longer version to come out. So right. I want to be able to talk about more. It reminded me a lot of uh, Anik. When he uh, interviewed uh, Dillashaw and... Uh, um, Dominic Cruz. Cruz, yeah. Did they ever end up doing a longer version of that, or was that just on UFC? Inside? I think that was just on UFC. Okay, all right. I would have loved to have seen the longer version of that. And hopefully we will see the longer version of Rogan, DC, and Jones. Yeah, and then fast forward to the Curitiba card. Uh, did they officially announce Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall? It's a good question. Uh, I saw if it on the, the internet. Assuming I'm not that sure. they did, yeah. I will say this. If Silva can't beat Hall... Just retire. I, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, on one hand, yeah, I understand the point. Uh, on the other hand, um, Ben Rothwell. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Frank Mir. First of all, real quick, I know we're about to wrap right now. We're, yeah. we're wrapping up right now. But Patrick Cummins versus Antonio Rogero Noguera. First off, I thought Noguera was retired. I thought Little Nug was retired. Uh, no, just Big Nug. He beat R- you. No, he lost to Shogun. Rogerio had never officially retired that I okay. remember. Uh, Big Nog Dig. And then we have UFC 199 from uh, The Form in Inglewood, California. Rockhold versus Weinman. Uh, I still think Weinman's a flash in the pan. Uh, Dominic Oof. Cruz versus Faber. That's going to be a fun fight. I mean, I disagree with that matchup. I think Faber, I think he's so up and down that I don't think he should automatically give him a title shot. But a lot of story there, obviously, from a promoter's hat standpoint, you know, put on the promoter's hat, it makes the most sense yep, for the most business. Um, but the fight that we want to just talk about really quickly that is just rumored for now, nothing official, but Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. Rematch. Yeah. And the welterweight division for UFC 200. That's my answer. I completely... In the welterweight division. The, the only thing that makes sense to me, and this is even if it's possible, the only way this makes sense, if it's at 145. Yeah. If it's at 170... Which is not going to happen, of course. Exactly. But, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what the lowest Nate Diaz can go? But for this fight to happen again in the same division, even if it's at 155, you can't beat, what was he, the number five uh, ranked lightweight? Right. I mean, what's the point? The There's point, no point to this fight. The point is monetary. Why? It did huge numbers. 
uh, reportedly. Mm-hmm. Well, the box office we know, yeah. pay per view, presumably so. Um, I'm hearing reports about like 1.4. Mm-hmm. Um, that's big, and so that's why you want to make from from Zufa's perspective. You want 200 to be a box office success as well as something that everyone McGregor can versus look back Edgar on. and Nate Diaz versus Rafael dos Anjos. Yeah, I'm I'm in favor of two. Uh, Damn it, we're supposed to argue. We're supposed saying. to disagree with no, this. No, I disagree. It interesting cover when we're disagreeing. We disagree with you guys, Zufa. I hate to say, <laughs> but that is the case. Um, yeah, I I don't see anybody really being that excited. Strangely enough, about this match, I mean, we know that the match is going to be exciting, the match itself, but it doesn't make a lot of storyline sense, quite frankly. It does make business sense based the only on pre- way it precedent. makes sense if it's at the for the one forty five title. That's the only that's way an, it makes sense. That's irrelevant because that's obviously not going to happen. Why not? Nate because, Diaz can't make one forty five. Uh, I don't. Not realistically. So, I mean, uh, Connor barely could apparently. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that's a smart one. I haven't heard many people but, saying uh, that, that. That's the thing. That's the only way it makes sense. I don't want to see this fight at all unless it's for the, the title. There's, I, I think there's Connor so and much storyline. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I say Frank Edgar above yep. everyone else. But if you're gonna make Nate Diaz, like now what? Like now what? Now what happens if, if Connor wins? Now mm-hmm. what? Now what well, happens if he loses? Now what? There's no, nothing. I, there's nothing to gain from this, in my opinion. I agree with your booking completely. RDS or I'm sorry, RDA. And uh, um, and and Nate Diaz, and uh, that other one. I mean, I don't know. I, I really want. I'm really curious what what Dana White has to say about this. I'm I'm really thinking. I really want to know what his mindset around this is. Like to, like I said, it just they they must they must have something in in mind to to make this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm upset about this. I'm really upset as a fight fan. I'm really upset about this. Well, there's other things in life to to be there more really upset isn't. about. There really <laughs> isn't. But if you want to keep this going. On the Twitter, or of course on the YouTube comments, because you know we always read the YouTube comments, especially the negative ones. Amar and Joe Bozo are going back and forth about this. I think they're probably agreeing on the same thing. Um, and by the way, real quick, real quick, I know we're wrapping up soon, uh, but we're wrapping up right now. But <laughs> I don't get Jose Aldo's like little like, oh yeah, oh Connor's little bitch, whatever. Dude, didn't you lose to him in 13 seconds? I don't think he's allowed to say anything about Conor McGregor. Conor fighters are allowed more. to fighters Conor are allowed to say whatever they want to of say, course they are. regardless of whether it makes but sense. Conor or not. McGregor has done more. Like his his. Uh, I can't, I can't say more. Follow me at G Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, Twitter, Instagram. This guy, huh? Uh, YouTube, Snapchat, etc. <laughs> and I'm JTan716. As Coach Ernie DeBella said, get out of here. I'm tired of looking at you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.